Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. As strange as it might seem, you know, it's never been my goal as the senior pastor of this church to build a big church. Uh, that's never been really top of mind for us. We thank God for growth. But it's always been that we felt that uh, God put us here to grow big people. And there's a difference between that. We're not trying to just accumulate, but we want to see your life grow. And so as a part of this whole year where we've been talking about growing and building, I want you to turn, if you have a Bible, to Numbers 13. And we're going to learn some lessons today from the life of just one guy out of 12. Numbers 13, verse 1, the Scripture will be up there on the screen for you. If you're with us on our uh, Metro online platform, the notes are there for you or there are some at the rear as you leave if you haven't got them already. It says this, And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. For, pardon me, from each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone, a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of the men who were leaders from out of the children of Israel. Now these were their names. From the tribe of Reuben, Shamua, the son of Zakur. From the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, the son of Hori. From the tribe of Judah, this is the guy we're going to come back to, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. From the tribe of Issachar, Egal, the son of Joseph. From the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, that's Joshua, the son of Nun. From the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, the son of, of Raphu. From the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, the son of Sodi. Anybody worn out of these yet? Uh, <coughs> From the tribe of Asher, Sethua, the son of Michael. Hello, how did a guy in the middle of all this get a normal name? Uh, anyhow, from the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, the son of Vofsi. And from the tribe of Gad, Geuel, the son of Machi. These are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. I want to single out this one guy in that long list. And it's interesting, isn't it, that to this day, we name our children, some of us, out of all that list, Joshua and Caleb, nobody calls their child Palti or Vofsi or Gaddy or Gawul. But out of all the people that are there, the two names we remember most are the two faithful ones. We remember Caleb and we remember Joshua. Out of all the 12 spies, two that had a spirit of faith. We don't know much actually about Caleb's early life. Matter of fact, I've read you the first time he appears in Scripture. All we know is that he's a leader of Israel, but one who stayed faithful through all their journeying from out of the land of Egypt. When others complain and some even rebel, apparently Caleb is one who stays on course and stays loyal. The Bible says that God says this about him. And you know, it's one thing to be popular. It's one thing to have friends that speak highly of you. 
But listen to what God spoke from heaven about Caleb. That's in Joshua, sorry, in Numbers 14, the next chapter, verse 24. It says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I'll bring him into the land where he went and his descendants will inherit it. If ever there was a day when our churches and when our communities and when our nation needs people that have a different spirit, it's right now. If ever there was a time when we needed believers to be believers, when we need people to say, I'm not going to just read the paper to find out what's going on. I'm going to read God's newspaper from heaven and discover what He promises me. I hear what the economists forecast. I hear what the politicians are concerned about. I hear what the sociologists tell me is wrong with our world. I read my news feed and discover all that's going wrong in the earth. But when I read my Bible, He tells tells me that the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That Jesus said, I'll build my church. That on one day we will stand before God and the multitude of people that will be there will be people without number. Heaven's not going to be four people or six people or ten or twelve apostles plus a few select chosen. But the Bible says the crowd that's around about the throne, if you were to look at it, it will stretch further than your eye can see. The crowd will be without number. The heavenly host of God surrounding the throne, shouting out His praise. The Bible says even in heaven, the praise is so vibrant and so loud that all of heaven, heaven shakes at the sound of their praise. Now you and I, you and I are coming to that point. This guy's got that kind of spirit. This guy goes in and says, I see that there are giants, but we are well able. He goes in and says, I've read what the problems are. I've heard the way they are. I've seen the size of their armoury. Can I tell you, there's never been a day like this day for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. I know I'm preaching to the converted. I know that I'm taking cold in Newcastle, as we say sometimes. I know that I'm telling you what you already know and believe. But I want to declare it. I want you and I to join in and saying, my world is not the world of my newspaper. My world is not the world of the six o'clock news. My world is not the world of what the economic forecast is. My world is a different world. It's the world of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So I know, I know, I know that God's building His church, but He's building it with people that are of a different spirit. You know, through all the stuff that goes on, Caleb remains strong. The part we read there, well, it's 40 years before Caleb gets to see Numbers 14 verse 24 come to pass. 40 years is a long time to wait. A lot of you here, you're not even that old yet. And it's more than your entire lifetime. Joshua chapter 14, Joshua chapter 14. 40 years later, let me read you what this man of a different spirit had to say about himself. 40 years of waking up every morning, 
looking at the same people, knowing that God's not taking you into what He has until there's a shift, until there's a change. Until a new generation that are people of faith. Listen to me. God has always been about raising up generations of faith. God is not about raising up memorials. He's not about raising up things that somehow or other celebrate what has happened in the past. God is always a forward-looking God. Joshua chapter 14, verse 7. Caleb, the man of a different spirit, says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me, 10 spies, made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly or I completely followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you've completely followed the Lord your God. And then he says this, listen to it. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Oh, can I tell you, if we stop right there, it's just the testimony of a pensioner. If we pause right there, all we've heard is the story of someone who says, I've lasted, I am still here, I'm not dead yet. But it doesn't stop there. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as He said, these 45 years. Ever since He tell, the Lord spoke the word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. And yet, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. We are not talking about someone who's just said, oh, well, I hope I'm still there. God, keep me alive. Lord, I just want to live. We're talking about someone with a different spirit who says the whole time 45 years have gone past while he waits for the supernatural shift this whole time, this man, his inner life does not diminish. His inner life doesn't pale out. It does not tail off. But his inner life, his appetite for the future battles, his appetite to win, his appetite to conquer, his appetite to dominate, his appetite to see the will of God come to pass does not lessen at all. This man's appetite continues unabated. He says, just as I was strong then, so now is my strength for war. I'm not sitting back thinking about how to respend my, my children's inheritance. He said, I'm not sitting back thinking about which bowls club I ought to join. Not that I'm against the bowls club. But this guy said, my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in, is just the same. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim, they were a giant race, were there. The cities were great and fortified. He's not asking God, God, you know, I'm 85 now. Can you give me somewhere simple? Can you give me something easy? Oh God, I, you know, I'm not like I used to be. He says, God, you know what? He says, I want you to give me the hardest place. 
I want you to give me the place where the enemy's strongest. I want you to give me the place. Why are we doing what we're doing up in the north? I tell you, it's because the enemy has been so strong and has dominated so much. God, give us the places nobody else wants. God, give us the places, Lord. Give us the places where people say it's too hard. God, give us the lives. I love what William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, said to his early leaders. He said, let's go for sinners and let's go for the worst. He never said, God, give us the, the wealthy. God, give us the ones that are, are got their life together. He said, God, give us the ones that nobody else will touch. Give us the ones, God, that are so broken. Lord, that only the gospel could put them back together. God, give us the families, Lord, that are so riven apart by conflict, by dissension, that unless a miracle of God touches them, they'll never recover. God, would you heal the land? Only God can heal the land. He says, give me that. And then he goes on and says, it may be that the Lord will be with me. Maybe God will help me. I'll be able to drive them out just like the Lord said. Let me talk to you this morning about living a Caleb kind of life, about living a life of a different spirit, about living a life that is unusual. And listen, if Caleb could do it, you can do it. If God put this in the book, He put it there for an example for you and me. He wants us to learn something about it. I want to watch someone like Caleb and go, I could do that. God, I could be that. Let's look in this quickly this morning. If we are going to possess our land, I don't mean physically, obviously, but the vision, the dream, the destiny God's put in front of us. If we're going to possess our land, we need the strength to stand alone. First and foremost, Caleb was willing to stand against popular opinion and what everyone said. And he was willing to say, we can do this. This is not impossible. We are well able. Oh, all the crowd, because the Bible says that the 10 carried the day. The loudest voices, the ones who said we can't, they were the ones who spoke to these people who've been in slavery all their lives and generations in Egypt. And he speaks, they speak to them and the entire crowd goes with them. Two men only stand alone and Caleb's one of those. Can I say to you today, it matters not as much what other people believe as it does what you believe. Can I say to you today that heaven will back up the faith of one over the doubts of many. When Jesus goes to the house of Jairus, the Bible says it was filled with people saying, she's dead, it's too late, why bother? But two people walked in there with faith. One was Jesus and one was Jairus who'd been journeying with the author of faith. And when they got there, Jesus put the others out. He said, we don't need that voice. And he walked in and there's the girl lying. And he says, Talitha Kumai, which being interpreted means, damsel, I say unto you, arise. All it took was one person, two people of faith. Listen, don't look around at the size of the crowd that's with you. When Elijah's in the cave and says, God, it's all finished. It's all too hard. That woman Jezebel's far too strong. I'll never be able to be able to stand against that. I'm all alone, don't you understand? And the Lord says to him, you have no idea how many there are on your side. 7,000 have not yet bowed the knee to Baal. And then he sends him off in the greatest adventure of his life, in the greatest season of his life, 
When everyone else says it's too hard, Caleb in verse 30 said, let's go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. You may be the only person in your family that believes. You may be the only person in your workplace who believes. You may be the only person in your community that believes. But can I say to you that one person with faith is always going to be enough. One person that believes God. One person that says, I stand on the Word of God. One person that says, God, you promised this. I'm going for that in Jesus' name. That person will always be more powerful than all the people of all the doubts. Secondly, to possess our land, we need the strength to be faithful before we see fruitful. Imagine waiting 40 years for what's yours. You're standing there in Numbers 14 and God says you've got a different spirit and you're going to inherit the land. I don't know what you would have thought, but I think I would have thought, good, they're all staying here, the unbelievers. I'm going on alone. I'm well able. I can do that. Instead of that, God says, no, you've got to wait here with them. You're going to stay back here. So many of us have lived our lives. Some of us are old enough to remember promises of revival over the nation of Australia. Some of us are old enough to remember outpourings of the Holy Spirit. And yet we have not seen the fullness of that yet, but I'm confident that we shall. For the Bible says the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And when you go out into the ocean, you don't see bits where there's no water. Huh? Every part gets covered. And I believe God will do that in this nation of Australia as well. But in the meantime, we need the strength to be faithful. You know, this last season, and I don't want to keep on looking back, but Ron and I were laughing this morning on the way into church about, do you remember when we were only allowed to have 10 people here? Do you remember when you couldn't come without wearing a mask? Do you remember, it feels like another era, another complete time. And yet, you know, with all that was happening there and all that was going on. You know, some people did not stay faithful while they waited for fruitful. We need to stay faithful while we wait for fruitful in our life. There's always going to be things outside of your control. There's always going to be things other people say or do. Can you stay on course with divine purpose or do we get crumble and get discouraged, get tired of waiting? This week I was Zooming with a friend of mine. His name is Rob Smiley and he's the pastor of, believe it or not, Suncoast Church in England. <laughs> and I admit, because I, I set up the Zoom meeting and when it came up saying Suncoast, I thought, oh no, I've logged on to Queensland by mistake. And he goes, no, that's what we call it here. And I'm going, I've been there to Eastbourne. It never really seemed like Nambour to me, but, you know, Caloundra, but hello. But as I'm Zooming with Rob, I preached for him and his church in East Kilbride outside of Glasgow. Oh, three decades at least ago. Rob was born in Scotland, came to Melbourne, grew up there. And then later on felt the call of God to go back to Scotland, to the land of his birth to plant a church there. 
So there he goes back and I do remember it because I had to get interpreters. I'm not even kidding. I had a guy come up to me for prayer at the end of the service. He could have been speaking Swahili. Matter of fact, at least I know a couple of words in Swahili. And I had to call the pastor up and said, can you please tell me what he's saying? And he told me. And so then I prayed and I think he interpreted my prayer back into Scottish. But then a few years later, Rob goes down to Eastbourne to pastor there. And I did not know the story. He told me this on Wednesday afternoon, I think it was. He said, in 1993, God gave me a vision. He said, I saw a big bear and I heard the Lord say, feed the bear. He said, I knew it was Russia. So I went out the next day and bought a Russian language course. This is in the day before you could do it online and take it with you on your phone. So I don't know why, how he got the sound, but he taught himself Russian in 1993. This last year of the Ukraine war, Rob Smiley, pastor of INC Church in Eastbourne, has been going in every month into the Ukraine where guess what they all speak? Russian. He goes in there. Our five churches in uh, Kiev and around Kiev. He's been going in there supporting the pastors, taking them food, taking them all kinds of stuff. Ran a pastors conference for 150 pastors in Kiev earlier this year. See, sometimes it takes a long while for destiny to come to pass. 30 years ago, A Scottish boy who grew up in Australia hears the Lord say, feed the bear. And he starts teaching himself Russian. Don't you think he would have gone, why, what, how, war, what, uh? 30 years later, pastors' conferences in five churches. Let me say to you today, it's worth the wait to see destiny fulfilled in your life. Don't give up before your time comes. Amen. The third thing that we see from Caleb is that we need strength for more in our life. God's always got more. He's got more for you. In Judges chapter 14, sorry, in Joshua chapter 14, he could have settled for an easier place. Give me somewhere in the lowlands, somewhere the giants don't visit. But verse 12 says there are giants there and they're great and fortified cities. Listen to me this morning. When people lose strength, the first thing they lose is, listen, is an appetite for more. When people lose strength in their life, the first thing they lose is an appetite for more. It becomes just enough, becomes their language. If I can just get enough, if I can just survive, if I can just get through this. Can I tell you that God is not a God of survive. God is not a God of enough. He's the God, the Bible tells us, He's the God of more than enough. Amen. And so we need strength to see more in our life in Jesus' name. 
I pray, God, today that every one of us in this church, that God is building you into a bigger person who's not just saying, well, now I'm X age, I'm over the hill. Now I'm this old, I can't do anymore. Abraham was 75 years old when God spoke to him and said, get out of your father's house into a land that I will show you. Moses was 80 when he was looking after a few sheep in the wilderness on the back of Sinai. And God said, I'm sending you to the most powerful person on earth. It's got, age has got nothing to do with it. Don't live a life where you start saying, I'm just going to live this big. I'm just going to live this small. This is all I need. Fourth thing here about Caleb and strength is this, that your strength will leave a legacy if you live a life of strength. Your strength leaves a legacy in Joshua chapter 15, verse 18. We find out that it's not just about Caleb. It never ever was. Listen to me. It never ever was just about you. It never ever was just about me. It never ever was just about where, how I live. It's what I pass on. When Axar, his daughter, Caleb's daughter, marries Othniel, she urged him, she goes, this new husband of hers, she says, go ask dad for our own place. And as she got down off the donkey, Caleb asked her, what's the matter? Listen to the spirit that this girl has. She said, give me another gift. She said, Dad, I'm glad for all you've done. I'm grateful for all that you have already given me, land in the Negev. Now please give me springs of water as well. And she's saying that because she's saying, Dad, I want something for my future and my kids' future. So I need water, Dad. I need a place that's an ever-flowing stream. And now in this entire space, this young woman has captured the spirit of her father. Listen to me, mum and dads. Your children, thank God for the education you give them. Thank God for those designer clothes you put on their back. Thank God for the food that you nourish them with. But the thing that they will imbibe most from you is they will imbibe your spirit. If you want to raise big kids, uh, it's not about STEM subjects alone. It's about God. Have I got the kind of spirit that I'm passing on to them? A different spirit. Amen. The next generations have got testimonies of strength. She carried with her the testimony of her father's words. We are well able. Amen. You say, oh, Jeff, that all sounds so great, but, you know, Jeff, I'm not that good, really. So I'd go, no, neither am I. Which is perhaps why I love this verse so much, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, verse 21. And this is what it says. It says, now unto him who's able. Amen. Aren't you glad it doesn't say now unto you and I hope you can make it? Now unto you and I hope you get better as you go along. He says, now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I try to live a life so there's God's space. And so I'm looking for the God who does exceedingly abundantly above all that I can do, and even above what I can pray for, even above what I can imagine or create, according to the power that works in us, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. God, you can do even more because of what you put inside of us. 
To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Father, help us today, I pray in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Not just a building, but in our mind, in our heart. I pray, God, that every person here, every single one of us, that desire for a different spirit, to live larger, to see you do more. God, would you let that not just touch us for a moment in this service, but God, would you encourage us in it to be bold for you, to dream large. Father, we thank you for your blessing, for your help in the mighty name of Jesus. Just while you're sitting there, come on. If, you've, if you say to me, Jeff, I've lived such a small life. Maybe your mother, you know, I, I interviewed uh, Mardelli this week for our next My Story. She said to me, Jeff, she said in the town I grew up in, in Colombia, a small village. She said, we grew up with the thought that it was dangerous to dream. Maybe you've grown up in a family that told you it's dangerous to dream. It's dangerous to be optimistic. It's dangerous to think you can. You'll fall flat in your face. And the Holy Spirit wants to come and say, come on, let's turn that around today. Let's start walking to a different sound, a different voice. Father, help those people, I pray in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for anybody here, either right now in front of me or online or those that will be online in the next few days or weeks. And they say, I don't know Jesus. I know about Jesus. I know who Jesus said he was, but I don't know him and I would wish I did. Lord, would you help them right now? Opening up their heart, only you can do that. As they give you their yes and say, I want to follow Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you will do in their life. Amen. Amen. If you're one of those people who just right now in your heart, you know, 10 o'clock on Wednesday night, a couple of people sending their yes text. How's that? Well, I guess because all of our stuff online stays up on Metro Church WA and YouTube and people, I don't know where they are, but they hear it while they're sitting at home watching, listening to what you all hear present to them week by week because it's not just someone on a platform, it's everybody. It's our worship, it's our faith, it's our generosity, it's our life. And they sit there and 13 seconds after each other, two people send in a yes text. 0488 826 392. Pastor Bruce sent me that info on an email this morning and he concluded it by saying, only heaven will tell the story of what those people were about. Or yes.metrochurch.org.au, any way of those ways. And then our team will send you out a Bible verse and a prayer every day because we are very, very keen that you walk with Jesus. You might never come to this church. Maybe you can't. Maybe you're a long way away. Or maybe I don't know what. But you could follow Jesus. Father, help those people we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 What a beautiful thing. What a wonderful thing it is. Amen. 
You are worthy of it all. Come on, we're just going to sing that. Just stay seated with me a minute, would you? I want you just to allow this minute, because see, I, I never ever preach going, it's about my information, because I'm clever at anything, genuinely. It's not about that. It's about moments like this, where the Holy Spirit comes and does something in your life. So I want you to take that minute, and then I'll talk to you again. And, and just let's sing it through just once. You're worthy of it all. Fogs leaders up in Broome. Uh, our first event, some of you will know the story of what God's put in our heart. And uh, the biggest event they told me across the entire Kimberley is the Broome Cup. You might go, well, what a strange place for Christians to go to a race meeting. I oh, know it's the best place. Amen. Uh, we went there with our, what we call a hydration station and just serving people. Don't charge anything, hand out water, sunscreen, have conversation. I know there were conversations, I know there were conversations that had deep spiritual impact into people's lives. And so thank you for being a part of that. I believe our next Northern Night of Prayer, Bruce, is 22nd of uh, September. That's where we pray from, I think it's seven till midnight. And uh, so we'll let you know more about that later. But thank you for those of you that have been investing into that, praying for that. Speaking of investing, just let me do one more thing before we finish this morning, and that's this that this is a special season for us here at Metro. And if you're a guest here this morning, maybe your first time here, this is not something we do every week. We don't push this every week or anything. We take one month, it's the month of August, and we spend two Sundays asking the church to pray, saying, God, what would you have us to invest in the future so that we can go forward? Over and above our regular giving, God, what would you speak to us about? And it's that simple, it's that easy. We publish a brochure and the brochure's out there for you now. You can have a read of that, take it home without compliments. Then on the last two Sundays of August, so this is the first of those last two, today and next week, we say to the church, come ready to make your commitment. It's a commitment over the next 12 months. You don't have to give it right now. You can if you want. Some people choose to do that, but you can give it over the next 12 months. Bring it in as God makes it available. My wife and I have led this every single year. Matter of fact, there's never been an offering in the life of this church. My wife and I have not been a part of. We have always led in that. And uh, it's our joy to do that. And it's our joy to do it again. My wife Rhonda is down there in the front row. She's completed our commitment card. She'll be putting that in on our behalf as we together as a family are believing God for the future. Now, here's the deal. I never know what the next year brings. I haven't got a clue. 
But you know, I know that every single year, God knows apparently, and He provides provision for the vision that we need going ahead. And it's been that way the whole way along. And so you've got a commitment card there on your seat. If you are ready to do that this morning, take that if you need a pen or if you need another commitment card, please raise your hand right now. Our host team are at the back. They're ready to hand you out a pen, which you get to keep because we just love giving stuff. huh? Uh, anybody like just give me a wave. You want a pen? You want a, I'm looking around. Uh, I can't see any hands up. Oh, right up in the balcony. There's a hand. Someone better get, oh, there you go. Someone was already in the balcony. Thank you so much. We got to do this together this morning. I'll invite you to fill those in. While we do that, we'll watch the video. Thank you, Mitch and Kiana, for this beautiful video. Mitch, God ask Mitch, he'll tell you the story. He said it's just amazing how in a time of terrible weather, all those shots were just there at the right moment, the right time. So this is a video we produced. This is not done by Hollywood, though it looks like it. And then once we've shown the video, I'll invite you to stand with me. And we're going to pray over these commitment cards and then the host team will come past the buckets. Remember those things we used to do back before uh, COVID? We'd pass the bucket along. Well, we're going to pass it along. You can fill in your commitment card. Here's what else you need to know. This is between you and God. I will not know what you commit. I determine not to know. Teaser, our business manager will know. I won't know. You can give with confidence. You can give with uh, an absolute certainty. We are ordered to twice independently. I don't know of a safer church than that, but uh, would you fill that in? Let's watch the video. Thank you so much. Fill that in while we're doing that. The misty morning veils the world in shadow. But the sunrise breaks through. Soft hues of pink and gold paint the sky. Light reaches the valley and we move forward. Every step, you are with me. See, yet I follow. The sun breaks through the mist. Its warmth, comforting. Its light, a beacon. Lord, you are that light. offering is upon us. The time to step out in faith is here. Seek in your hearts and know with complete conviction that God has called you to sow into destiny, to touch the lives of those here and far, to extend the reach of Metro Church forward. Metro Church, we move forward. We press on. We press on for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, we come before you 
excelling in everything. Faith, speech, knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled for you. Lord, help us to also excel in this grace of giving. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well done, Mitch. Well done, Kiana. Let's stand together for a minute. Rhonda, come up with me. Please bring our commitment card and I want you to pray. This is one of the most generous people I ever met in my life. Giving away so much. I know that she's got faith for giving. I know that she's got faith for blessing. And I'd love her to pray for us all. Thanks, Rhonda. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can be here today in your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you say every good gift comes down from you, everything that we have. And Lord, it's in our hearts today to respond to that with our giving. Lord, so much of what we give goes to those less unfortunate. And you say if we give to the poor, we are lending to you and you will repay. So whereas we may be giving sacrificially to start with, Lord, we know that your blessing will follow. Lord, and we give gladly anyway because you've given so much to us. I pray, Lord, for every person here that is following what you've put in their heart and pledging to give over the next year, Lord, that you will give them faith to see their commitment come to pass and you will in turn bless them abundantly. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. And this is just the little that we can do for you in return. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.